You're listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Welcome, welcome to the Inclusive AF podcast. This is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. Whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> it is a beautiful Monday in Arizona. Hot as Hades out, but you know, it's we're in that part of the year that I personally love because it's pool time every day, it's sunshine every day. Uh, just had one of my friends in from San Diego and she's like, please just give me all the sun while I'm here because it's <laughs> overcast in San Diego. How's Waco today, Jackie? Well, you know, it is so like muggy and ew, but we're enjoying it. It's not raining today. We're grateful for the rain. My grass is growing. But look, I got a new bracelet for those like, oh, oh, you ever get a piece of jewelry and you have to get your nails done for the piece of jewelry because you're like, I did that because I recently celebrated my 25th wedding anniversary. So from that standpoint, things are going pretty good. Well, that's a great lead in uh, sharing your jewelry because our guest has a, a, knows a thing or two about some jewelry. So uh, without further ado, Leah, I would love for you to introduce yourself and share a little about who you are and all, all good stuff. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm honored to be with you. Excited. I'm Leah Valencia Key. I'm creator of Valencia Key. Uh, it's a love brand that has all things jewelry, all things lifestyle. I really created it. Valencia means brave in a Spanish slang dialect and key, as we know, unlock. So I created um, wearable, tangible pieces I call them wearable joy, wearable light that unlock, be reminders to when you have them on and around you that unlock your bravery, unlock your light, uh, remind you that all things are possible. Uh, the, the truth is like when you wear my pieces or have my pieces, it's tangible results that if I can, you can, because I come from the most impoverished area and living situation. I was born in poverty in uh, the inner city of Philadelphia. And I was homeless all the way up until homeless took me to housing projects, which is almost still the same thing as homeless. It just now has a name to it. Um, so I was homeless all the way up until I went to college. Basically, we lived in um, homeless shelter for the first part of my early years and then housing projects for anyone that's not familiar with housing projects. It is um, government housing that's given to people who have nothing, basically. And I lived there until I was fortunate to um, find my way to college. I, I love to share that part of my journey because like, if you see me visually, I'm always wearing yellow and light and I'm smiling. And you're like, she's born in goodness. And I'm like, oh, but wait. <laughs> And I wasn't, I was actually born in the textbook definition of darkness. Uh, but what the beauty, I love to tell two parts of the early parts of my journey when I consider us going from poverty to destitute because we lived in this basement of a um, someone's home in riddled poverty area where it's trash everywhere, drug addictions on every corner. That's where we lived. And then my mother broke her leg in several places. So she couldn't even afford to pay for that rough area. And she's getting her three children home, myself, my brother and sister home from school. And there's a padlock on the door. 
So that immediately took a single mother with three children standing at the door with no place to take her children. And that that is destitute. And that moved us to the um, homeless shelter. And the, I call it the first light that was placed in my life because in the middle of this homeless shelter, I don't know if anyone um, knows what a homeless shelter looks like. Now I'm giving you what my homeless shelter looked like. I'm 43, so this is only shelter 40 some odd years ago, but it was um, a big gym room, cots, these small beds, one foot apart, filling the whole gym room. And one each mother had one cot per family. So the whole entire family had to ball up on this one cot and you're hearing crying and moaning and profanity and sorrow and hopelessness filling this room. But what my mother shared in the midst of that darkness that I remember so vividly is that she said, um, she looked down at her three children, me sitting there and she said, your predicament does not determine your destiny. And I feel like that was, it was a seed planted because I was young, about third grade, eighth, eight years old. So I didn't quite comprehend it, but I'm still living that at 43. And that seed had grown and that light just has dispersed throughout my life. So I love sharing that first part of understanding the possibility of life. I love that. And I, I, that was one of the, you know, things that you shared when I, I met you or, you know, heard you speak the last time was just that concept of, you know, your pre predicament does not determine your destiny. I just think that is such a, a cool just way to explain like, Hey, this is something that we're in right now, but it, it's not going to be always this way. And how do we, how do we think about it? How do we move forward? And push forward. And I think especially right now in the time that we're in, it is hard to not just take, let that darkness take over because there is a lot going on that is darkness. And, you know, how do we think about that? How do we um, keep pushing forward in, in this time and space? Um, and so I love that, that saying. So I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about your story of how you um determined your brand while you were on a trip oh <laughs> this part was very cool i thought it was very very cool uh and so i'd love for you to share that with our our listeners yes i love i love finding um everything symbolic for me so that's why i think valencia key is such a beautiful symbolic thing to have in your life because i look for symbols that keeps me moving forward so i knew that i wanted to I've been surrounded. The beauty is, I do want to share a couple things. Your predicament never determines your destiny, but that mindset and that understanding of the power that you have to choose is so important and magical because the only way you get to your destiny is to mentally decide that you're going there, no matter whatever's around you. And, um, so I've been surrounded just by so many wonderful people just lifting me up and showing me what's possible. So when I was surrounded by wonderful entrepreneurs and I saw like if, oh, if you have like real love and intention and you pour it into something tangible, it can be life changing to the receiver, really. And then I'm like, okay, but it really has to have truth to it. It can't just be a thing. 
So I went on a journey, um, a voyage, if you will. I like to call it a voyage. I knew that I couldn't find what that symbolic was. I didn't just want to use my name because it was a name. I wanted to all have intention. So I took a trip to um, Egypt, Morocco, and Spain. And when I was in Egypt, I had a tour a gentleman who took me around and he took me to all these different temples. And at first I was looking at the temples like, eh, temples, pretty design, right? And then I get to one final temple and I, I believe in God, but it doesn't matter who you believe in. There's, there's always a divine whisper that will come to you no matter what. And so I'm in this final temple and I literally hear a divine whisper inside of me like, but you came here for a reason. So now speak out the reason in this place of why you're here and make it plain. So I spoke in that temple out that by the end of that journey, I wanted to truly be um, sketching the symbolic part of what my logo represented and what it would represent to anyone who had it and received it and what, what that intention would be. So now I'm going to Morocco and Morocco, I'm seeing all of these lights everywhere. And I finally get to one store and it's filled with brass keys, like unreal from ceiling to floor. And it's a little small, small little place. And I'm overwhelmed and I'm like, what is this? This is amazing. My last name is Key. I've been fighting it the whole time, right? And so I go and I find the store owner and I ask him, why do you have all these keys here? And he's he looks at me strange, like I should know, like offended. <laughs> he's like, you don't know? Keys represent unlocking the light in your life. And that was so powerful to me because when I realized that had been my entire journey, like everything that I am, live by is just finding another light to unlock, moving one more step toward the light, being one more piece of light. And that's how I was able to shatter glass ceilings and move out of my predicament. So by the end of that journey, we won't say I, I wound up in Spain. That was random. <laughs> I wound up in Spain because some backpackers were going to Spain in that same Morocco town. I didn't know you could catch a ferry from Morocco to Spain. Did anybody know that? I didn't. So I'm like, I'm going with you. So, so I just followed them to Spain. I just be open in life. It'll it'll take you there. And in Spain, I'm I'm hanging out with the locals and they're talking about this Spanish dialect. And someone asked me my name. And for some reason I love saying my whole name, Leah Valencia Key, because I thought it was a it was a moment. It's always a moment when I say it. And they say, oh my God, Valencia is, is bravery and, and it's it's courage. And, and I'm like, what? So by the end of this journey, I'm on the plane and I'm literally taking the Vs that represent Valencia, that courage and that bravery. And the key that I was told is a symbolic thing of unlocking that light in your life. And I took the four V's and made a star symbol because I had been seeing all these stars and light through my journey and placed the key in the middle and to allow it to be that symbolic 
visual reminder to when you see it every time, remember, you have the key within you, first and foremost. And all you have to do is keep unlocking that bravery, unlocking that courage, unlocking that light. And then I knew, okay, now we can come to the world because this is true intention and this is what can really be helpful and transformative to anybody's life who receives it. That's that's an amazing story. It's like, but it's like, but what? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so many things in life are really like if you if you literally dissect life and you look over all your experiences, they all mean something. Mm-hmm. They all are t- even the roughest part. My homelessness and my poverty was my is my power. It is how I am able to see the whole human, no matter what level in life God takes me to be. It is how I'm able to be grateful for the smallest things to the biggest things, right? And if we look at everything as meaning, then we really can have an intentional life. Wow. I I want to go back because you said you were homeless up until the point where you went to college. Yep. And so it's like, skirt. how did you make that decision to even go to college? I mean, there's other things with that. You have a single parent, you know, you have siblings with you and so many times along that journey you're seeing various things i have family that's um lived in the projects in baltimore and we're knowing you have to make you had to make a decision and there were lots of avenues and places where people were pulling your interest so how did you make that decision and what was that like yeah i'm so glad you said that because that was a second light that i didn't share that was turned on in my life So we were in the homeless shelter for several years, and then they transferred us to these housing projects, which I still call homeless, but it's just a level up. Uh, But in that homeless shelter, before we were transferred, I just had become my environment, exactly what you're saying. I was failing every class. I was speaking like an adult (laughs) with the profanity. I was just doing things of everything that I saw And uh, I remember this vivid moment. I'm coming back from school, walking to the homeless shelter door and my mother's standing there and I see her. And I get right to her and she said, I have one question to ask you, but this question had two parts. So I always say when a mother has a two part question, something about to get real serious, (laughs) right? So I'm like, okay. And she asked me, do you wanna be a follower or a leader? And I was confused. So I'm about fifth grade now. And she said, because right now you're following and Mm. what what you're going to do, you're going to follow right into everything that you see and that you are surrounded by, or you get to choose to lead. You get to choose to lead your life. I love that part. I always stop on it because when people think lead, they think lead others. But she told me to lead my life. I get to leave my life listening to the inner whisper and the inner light inside of me to my destiny. And she just told me one last thing, you choose, and literally walked away. It was no direction. It was no force. There was no beatings behind it. No, you choose. And as a young girl, I was left with the light of choice. 
understanding that you do have choice because I didn't know that at that point. I thought everything that's around me is what I'm supposed to do. I didn't, but I also knew there was a godly whisper inside of me that didn't feel good when I did all these bad things. So when she said these things and she unlocked to me the power of choice, I was like, what? You know, humans need permission. And it's very interesting, no matter what level you are, a child to adult and a whole C-suite, something there's a power when someone gives you permission, then you're just unleashed. That permission gave me everything I needed to understand and choose my life and listen to not what's going on outside of me, but to listen to what's inside of me. And that very next day, I remember I went back to school and I asked my teachers, how do I get better grades? How do I see beyond where I'm at? And I just start asking for guidance every step of the way. And that has just been unlocking for me consistently in my life. I think that's one of the things that, you know, as you share your story, first of all, your mother, I, like saint. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, well, and brilliant and brilliant and knowing just the right thing to say at just the right time. And, you know, so I think that right there, like not many people have that, that have that person in their life that is that voice of reason, whatever you want to call it, voice of inspiration, person that's going to call you on your business and say, yeah. cut it out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's great that you had her, but I, I, I love the, the story there. And then I, I mean, you've had some amazing sponsors and mentors continuously, like starting with your mom, and I think yeah. continuing through your career and, and kind of brought what you, what brought you to today. So that's, I think it's just great. And I think why I always, I was like, why? And I was like, what is my purpose here? I'm realizing that my purpose through everything I do is to not, not define the what, but define the how, meaning like everyone can decide what they want to do, what they want to be, but how are you going to be it? And the only difference, I'm not the best at many things. I do think my jewelry's great and my pieces are great, but like other things, I'm great. Can't really spell great, you know, basic C average in school, you know, basic, just average. But, but the difference is my heart. And what will, and you can read a lot of, um, you can YouTube, and go to a lot of different trainings and programs that how you get to success, right? But I, I personally think if someone asked me, how can I cut through? Everybody's working hard. Everybody's doing the basic things. The difference is the human. And the human being a human and seeing everyone else as a human, because not many people are doing that. Everyone's, many people are seeing people for what they can do for them, how they can do it for them, how they can get to the top. But my life is like, well, how do I be loved and how do I receive love? And all things I do, I just want to give love, I want to receive love, and I want to smile. And then all the rest of the journey is going to be great for me, you know? And that I think has cut me through paths that I've never got people in my life to say, Ooh, I, I want her to just come along with me because it's my energy that they want to come along with. 
imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Yes, I, I, I can see that. I like your energy. I want it too. I love that. But I always, I'm in thinking, it's like, it's amazing of going on this journey and thinking, going to college. And then what made you decide to design jewelry? Where did that come from? You know, it's interesting. So I decided college because here's a, here. oh, well, this is a good story. I always have stories in my life. So the, my wonderful mother, I love to say that she was physically paralyzed by generational curse, right? Physically, she couldn't physically break out, but she had this power to speak the life into her children's that maybe it'll land and they will get a better chance, right? And that was her genius. So, but we all live in a bucket that we we live in, right? So it comes to college time and I'm told to choose my life. And I'm like, okay, college is it because college was the way to get out of here. For me, college wasn't an academic thing for me. If I don't go to college, I stay in this housing project. Mm -hmm. So I gotta go to college so I can see another environment because I knew exposure was power for me. And so I get, um, this I'm like, I'm, I'm applying for applications. My, my grades are good now. And I go tell my mom like, oh, I'm gonna go to college. And now my mother's living in her real bucket, right? Her realism bucket. And she's like, oh, that's so nice. But you can't go to college because we can't afford, like we can't even afford to, when you get accepted to get you to college. We can't afford you to get you a book, a computer, whatever it is, none of that. We can't send you anything. So really you can't go. And it's beautiful when you tell your children something or someone something, and then they get to live it so much that when you step out of that truth, they get to align back into the truth you told them that was powerful. Because I knew when I heard that, like, oh, that's my mother, but I'm like, oh, she's living in her predicament statement that's a statement from her predicament but i'm living in my destiny and so i'm like oh i'm going to college thank you so much for that but i'm i'm going to college i don't and i don't know how i really don't but i'm going and i didn't let that stop me and i literally just shared to everybody that i wanted to go to college never asking so anyone is listening another key that's beautiful is sharing your dreams out in the world but never sharing them in expectation for someone to do something for you. Just literally giving it wings to fly, getting it out of your body because there's some dynamic, I call it a spiritual dynamic, that it gets out of your body. And then when you pray about it, then there's an earth angel lined up to attach to take you to one step closer to your dream. And you never know who that earth angel is. So you just share it. And I would just share it. And then one aunt jumped in and said, I'll get you to college. And another aunt jumped in and said, I'll get you to a computer. And then a counselor said, I'll teach you. Cause my mother didn't know about college. So the counselor said, I'll teach you how to do financial aid 
to get student loans. And then all these angels just start jumping in to, to allow this next dream to fly. And, and that's how I got to college to get out my predicament. But I finished all this college because my mother told me to always complete what I started. And I thought that was powerful because I would quit anything. Like, ah, I'm over this. <laughs> nope, this doesn't work for me. And she would like, finish it. If you don't want to do it after you finish it, that's fine, but you finish it. I'm like, oh God, I got to finish this college thing. But my my heart was saying that I was an artist. Like that inner whisper that she told me to follow literally was telling me that I was creative. It's what made me come alive. It was, it's what makes me smile. And so I decided that I would complete this academic journey. Well, once I complete that, I was going to forsake all and sweep floors and do whatever I had to do to follow that inner whisper and follow my artist journey. I love what you share about kind of those those earthly angels. And, you know, I think there are so many times in our life where we have those folks show up and half the time we don't even realize it or, you know, we we live it, we move with it and we go, OK, great. And then you look back later and go, oh, my gosh, you know, they helped me get here. They helped me in ways that maybe you didn't even think were possible. Like, you, would you have gone to your aunt and say, Hey, I need a laptop or I need a Never. computer for college. Can you get me a computer? No, of course not. But it just was the universe provides and it's yeah. it's going to happen and it's going to show up for you when you when you need it. Um, and I think it was, uh, you know, the the rooms that you were in. So you need to talk a little bit about <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be like a four hour episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Can you share a little bit about kind of how you, the journey to QVC, okay. but I, I want you to talk about Jamie. I want you to talk about some of the other folks that, again, were those kind of the earth uh, angels who, who really helped. Yes. So the journey to QVC was quite magical because um, I have this master's degree now in education. And I'm like, oosh, this is not me. It's not my destiny. It's not my inner whisper. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna I'm forsake all and I'm gonna go back to cosmetology school and follow what lights my heart up. And, and um, anything creative lights my heart up. So I chose cosmetology because I felt like, oh, so I can create and work at the same time. I can see income out of my creation. So I go back and I uh, have to now sweep floors of a salon with a degree because no one cares if you have a master's degree. Can you do this hair? No, sweep the floor so you can learn. So I'm sweeping floors and um, the salon I was in, I love to share. He was wonderful. I, I appreciate him because he was so particular, but he was a teacher. But if you are a floor sweeper, you would have to catch that hair before it hit the ground. Like that you had to be on point with it. And so I would catch that hair with 1000% enthusiasm. And I, I love to share that part because it doesn't matter where you are in your journey, you do it with passion, you do it with joy, and you do it with care to all things. Because even with a master's degree, I wasn't above it. And I would I would do it as if I, I I was it was my first job ever. And that just allowed me to learn so much. So now I'm sweeping floors and I decided I'm working at I'm sweeping floors in the salon and I'm working at Mac Cosmetic um, doing makeup. 
And I realized that a lady comes in and she works for QVC. And I'm like, oh, because I knew I didn't want to work in a salon. So what I like to share in my journey is like, what do I want you to pull out of this? Be targeted on where you're going in life. Like have the dream clear. Like my dream had to be clear. Like I knew I was not going to be a salon stylist. I wanted to create somewhere 24 seven where mm. it was just art happening. So I found out of this place called QVC by working at Mac Cosmetic. Oh my God, now I'm targeted on it. The lady connected me to someone in the salon, but I needed a license. So I was denied for the first time. It took me five years from that first denial to actually get into the QVC doors because I was deemed not qualified. I didn't have enough qualifications. My skills weren't good enough. And I did this, the share technique again. <laughs> so I shared to everyone that I want to work for QVC. I love to say if you were standing next to me in a grocery store and you smiled at me twice, the barometer is twice, that means you were nice, then I would tell you, I want to work for QVC. <laughs> <laughs> and that one day happened to be, I was bartending to stay uh, financially alive. And I'm standing in the bar serving this one gentleman. It was empty. And I poured the gentleman a drink. He smiled twice when I handed him his drink. And I'm like, I want to work for QVC. And he's like, really? Because I have a friend that works there. I work for Comcast. Give me your information. Here's the beauty. This is what I love to share. He said, give me your information and I'll see what's possible. The next day I get a text message from this wonderful heart, Stephanie Humphrey. And she didn't meet me. I only met her friend, Fred. But that heart thing that I was talking about is so powerful. She said in her text message, my friend said you were so much light that here is the contact information of the QVC salon. Here's the person's name, number, and also you can use me as a reference. Wow. Someone I never met in my life, but just by being that way and her friend sharing that energy, she allowed me to use her as a reference that opened the doors to me walking in the QVC doors as a stylist. And that exposed me to big dreamers. Like when you talk about dreamers, there were people making dreams happen, the QVC hosts and entrepreneur dreamers putting everything on the line to get what they have created in the hands of people. And um, there are many hearts that have been in my life prior to that, that consistently lift me up. But I share too, just for the business journey's sake, um, Vicky Sai, founder and creator of Tatcha Skincare, and Jamie Kern Lima, co-founder of It Cosmetics and um, New York Times bestseller, Believe It book. Woo -woo. Um, <laughs> these two women were dreamers and they were making dreams happen. And I was in the salon styling and they saw my heart. I don't even think they saw my talent, truthfully. Let's be real. They saw my heart and they saw my energy and they just said, come along with me. And they took me around the world with them and they allowed me to sit in meetings that a stylist would never sit in. They allowed me to sit in board meetings. They allowed me to sit in press meetings and all these different business meetings. They welcomed me in the rooms I didn't even know existed. And with that power of me seeing, wow, this this is possible. I didn't even know this was happening. I don't know how I thought products came to life, but I didn't know. But this was a proof that it did. And then that's when I decided, oh, I do have a gift to give to the world. And they've showed me that it's possible. So I decided to try and set out on my journey. 
Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Lots of keys. Lots of keys. <laughs> Jackie, now do you know why I wanted her on our podcast? <laughs> I just don't know why she said yes. I was, that's what I'm saying. You've got all these keys. I know she's busy. I know she's busy. Yes, Jeez. she is. Busy <laughs> for love. There's no such thing. We have a friend um, named Sarah and we, uh, Morgan, that's really good friends with us. And she said something really funny one time and I'm going to say it because it's like she is a whole ass founder of a company. <laughs> Why would she be able to come so quickly? A whole ass business owner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, but you're brave, Katie. See why I hang around Katie? Uh, no, I like it. I know. <laughs> I gotta ask. It's the same concept. You just share. Mm -hmm. And just throw it out. Just go ahead and throw it out. <laughs> Let it go to the wind. So eventually something's coming back. It's a fact. That's right. I mean, we always say closed mouths don't get fed. And it's amazing how what you're saying, um, being vulnerable or being able to share those things and being able to share your success and pivoting as you grow. It sounded like you pivoted like, yes. you know, I've got this degree, but I want to do this thing. And you just pivot where you keep working until you find that space. And it seems like you found that space and keep finding spaces. And, yes. and that's amazing that you were able to do that. Like to say, oh, I want to work at QVC for five years. Like that's amazing. And never giving up. Thank you. I think the um, message to share is don't give up. Yes. Like, like if, if there's anything to know, it's like, it will happen. It, ha it has to happen. If you don't give up, it actually has to happen. I don't care how many feel. I can't tell you how many times, literally, I probably can find the email where it told me you are not qualified, yeah. <laughs> like, period, black and white. but when you believe that's that that's why i love that book up from jamie believe it like i always say that believe is an action word and and a lot of us don't correlate that we like oh i believe but if you the telltale you know if you talk about a scientist and the litmus test to know if you're really believing is what actions are you doing because if you believe something and you're not doing actions toward it, you you just you're dreaming. And I love a good dream, but the dream has to move into believing that it's possible. And then when you believe something's possible so much, you will not give up and you will do millimeter movements. Another thing is this may go counterdicting of what any other entrepreneur says. So forgive me. Pick which one you believe. I don't put pressure. I oh I do. My mother passed early so i want to share that like she passed very young i'm sure from all the environmental things and um she did get to see me choosing my life and that was a blessing and right before she passed what really put stamp into this um, concept of bringing jewelry first was she gave me these little earrings and she said oh i see you leading your life and i see you finding the light and there are going to be times where you can't find your light. So always wear your earrings and just touch them or see them and let them be symbolic that all you have to do, the light is within you. All you have to do is choose it. 
it's just right there for you. And so that had me hand sketch these designs when she passed for my my therapy. But what what I love to be true is that just keep taking these millimeter movements. My my mother passed not truly living life. What I feel, I don't think she ever lived. And so everything I do, I'm going to live life abundantly. Like I'm a laugh, I'm a joy, I'm going to do all that. So anything that I attach to a goal, I'm deciding to do it in millimeter movements. Like I'm not killing myself. I'm not stressing too much about it. I'm taking small millimeter movements. I learned a millimeter from design and jewelry. A millimeter is the smallest measurement on the ruler. And that's very powerful because when you design a piece of jewelry, if you go a millimeter up, it's a different design. If you go millimeter down, it's a different design. I mean, the millimeters will change your life drastically. So what I think we quit with is because we start looking at these big movements we have to do. And the truth is, if you do one small thing, you want to know how I started this jewelry design? I had hand sketches in a notebook. And when I decided to say yes to that, I Googled. The smallest millimeter. I googled how to take a hand sketch design to a real piece of jewelry, and I kept googling in different ways until it told me you have to make a 3D design. Now, what's a 3D design? That's a millimeter movement. That's not drastic. And if we keep taking these little things, you will see how powerful you can go toward anything that God whispered in your heart. I love that. I was like, what? I can't do Robert De Niro. That was like, in, in any given Sunday, it's a game of inches. Is that good? Is that good? I, I feel like that too, because it's just those little pieces. Yeah. And I love that. Like, it makes me think of the Olympics, how some of they, you know, you win or lose a race by five eighths mm. of a nose. A nose. Like, their nose could be a little farther out. Yeah, like literally, not even a nose, a hair. A hair you know, of doing those things. But as long as you keep going, mm -hmm. but you're such an inspiration. I know that there's people listening somewhere that feel like they can't do it for whatever circumstances. They're not always the same no. that feel like they can't do it. When someone says that to you, Leah, what would you respond to them? You know, I, <laughs> I always say this, I quit every second, but then I believe that I can. So I do one action towards the truth. Mm -hmm. Right. So give your, give yourself permission to feel vulnerable. Life is real. Give yourself permission to feel that it's hard and that you don't want to do it anymore. But if you hold true to your truth, that that's what God has put in your life to be, then do one more step. Uh, Ed Milet just released a book called The Power of One More. And I think it's magical because it's that same concept. Like, oh, the pain is so real. I know. I don't care if you are the most wealthiest person or the most impoverished person. I don't care if you're the most confident person or the person that has the least confidence. We all have moments in our life where we're just like, I can't. For whatever circumstances or i don't want to anymore <laughs> i don't want to carry it anymore but if that whisper comes back to you and says but this is so just do one more thing towards it how much do you understand the future of finance 
I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcast, and now available on YouTube. Yeah, I appreciate that. There, there are times I'm, I always laugh, and I'm like, I don't want to go to work, and I literally just have to roll over. <laughs> like I don't even <laughs> have to put a bra on. I literally am like, I, this is me going to work, and I'm like, oh. That laptop's so freaking heavy today. <laughs> it's a little one movement. Just, just open the laptop. It'll get you to work. <laughs> That's right. That's it. Oh, I love that. So, the you know, Jackie kind of hit on this question. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a little one step further. When it gets too hard, what do you do? Mm. Well, what I'm realizing is, and um, you've got to, you got to know, it's got to be a deep cause for you. Like, it's got to be bigger than money. It's got to be bigger than clout. It's got to be bigger than praise. Because <laughs> none of that's worth it. Like this right. struggle that I go through for being an entrepreneur, none of what I listed is worth all that, right? It's easier just to go get a nine to five, know your role, do it decent and keep moving in life, right? Like that's, so if you're deciding to take this, this journey on and whatever journey it is, it could be, I want to be a mother. That's not an easy journey. I could be, I want to be a father, a parent. That's not an easy journey, right? Like that deepness um jamie says it when she speaks it's it's the why beneath the why beneath the why that keeps you going meaning you've got a why i want to start a business that's a great why another why is i want to make money that's also a good why but will those two get you going when everyone tells you no when you get a batch of jewelry and it's all wrong when you're working with wonderful women in Ghana, um, I'm telling my story now, excuse me. <laughs> when, you're working, when you're working, wonderful women in Ghana and you're helping bring income and the language barrier is challenging. So when you're putting specs out for the designs of the bag and, and the specs aren't translating and everything, you know, when all of these challenges keep coming to you, that money doesn't become worth it. But then what does become worth it is I want to help someone in need when I create these bags. So I'm, I'm going to keep working on my translation until we get it because I know I want to be a catalyst to help you and your entire family. And so I'm going to go through this struggle until we get it because that's worth it to me. I'm going to get a batch of jewelry that is literally... <laughs> worthless and a loss of finances and time and i'm gonna then try it again because i do want to show people that if you keep going it truly is possible that the biggest mistakes can happen in your life and if you decide to get back up and try it again i'm a living symbolic 
that it is possible. That's why I'll keep going. So if you can find something real deep, you know, also getting real deep, I want to be an African-American woman that um, has a billion dollar business to show that it's possible because it's it's very few if you actually Google <laughs> the research of it, the percentage is point, 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 point. I don't know percent of less of African-American women really um, having these dynamic infrastructures of business. I have to show my my culture that it's possible and then any other culture that is um, not represented that it's possible. So I got to keep going like these things will get you to keep going when you don't believe that it's worth it because I could go do hair real quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. And I think, yeah, I mean, I think the, that was what was so inspiring to me is even, you know, like I said, we we're in that environment where we were listening to these absolutely phenomenal women sharing, you know, what they had accomplished, what they were working on, all of these things. And you're sharing your story. And it was such an inspiration. And it was one of those you go home and you make a list of like, here are the five things I need to do, or here, are the th or here, what is my why? and mm -hmm. unpacking those whys down below because i think that's such a, a great activity to do is you know ask yourself why seven times or whatever it mm -hmm. is and and i think those are some of the things that you hear those whispers and they aren't going to be quiet unless you actually go do the thing whether you want them to be quiet or not they're still going to be in your ear all the time so thank you for sharing that i think that was great so uh would love to know leah what is one thing you want to and i, I we, by the way we play this game and i say one thing and jackie usually ends up with 10 so like yeah. don't feel badly if, if it's not just one it's totally fine <laughs> but what is one thing you want our listeners to have heard from this episode yes so, so many things like you said one thing is so hard but i do feel that uh three things <laughs> I, I love the number three i think is a powerful number so I'll bump the three up. Three's good. The one thing is define who you are in the world. And I would encourage it to be light and love. I have a collection that I titled Rooted, like root into these human ways of being. Like be love and find out what love truly is. It's not like this romantic situation. It's like patience, kindness, unwavering, open, seeing a person fully. Um, and then be light. And when I say be light, that means in true weight form, <laughs> be light. Like when you walk in a room, are you bringing heavy energy or are you just cutting the space with just this lightness where people just want to gravitate to you because you feel so light? And if the first way to be light is have a true smile. If you want to know, like, what's the first activity that I could do to be light? Cut all the heaviness with a true smile, like literally that authentic smile. And that would just like cut down all of the woes that have happened in your day and all the negative things you're thinking about. It'll cut all that out and it'll allow your true heart to shine. And then when your true heart shines, then all of this beautiful stuff starts to gravitate to you. So that's one thing. And then um, have unwavering belief in yourself and the whispers that God is putting into you. I think you said it already. 
I think we know what's our destiny because it keeps coming back to us. Like if you can't shake it, if you ducking it and you moving and you trying to, <laughs> and she just keeps whispering and you find all the, and you keep coming back, then that's, that's your destiny. So just do a millimeter movement every day towards your destiny and believe it so much that nothing that anyone else can say or do will shake you from stopping it. And then lastly, um, give in a big way to the world however it is whatever that destiny is find something to attach to it that can be a blessing to someone else because i'm sitting here because of people being a blessing to me and the way i'm able to be light is because people believe in me they bless me and then i'm able to then bless others and if we keep that cycle of blessings going then we'll have a real beautiful world I love that. Awesome. Jackie, what's your one thing? I really do. I really do have one thing. It's putting it out into the world of telling as many people as possible, like and just sharing those things because you never know who's mm -hmm. going to be in your path. And I think that is key. See, you're proud of me. Get it. And it's key. See what I did there? You did. You did. You did it all right. You did it all right. <laughs> what's yours? Mine is, I, I'm going to go back to your mom. It's your predicament does not determine your destiny. I, I think that is something that every single human should write down, should tattoo on their arm, should put on a post-it note on their mirror, because I think it's one of those things that we're dealing with some heavy stuff right now in the world. And we're all dealing with our own journey and hopefully making the world a better place and making that impact. And so, however we can do that. And, and so my second thing, cause I have two, is also the kind of, uh, you know, the woman behind you, you know, pulling the woman behind you up as well, which I think your stories share over and over again, how that has happened to you and then how you have in turn done that for other folks. Yeah. And I think that's something that we sometimes forget because we are, you know, heads down trying yeah. to just do the things but remembering that there's always someone watching and there's always someone behind you that could use a phone call or a connection or, hey, you know, they're making your drink for you and, you know, who can you connect them with that you know, yeah. which seems like such a simple act for that person, Fred, to have done for you, yeah. but look where it took you. Mm. Like it's just those little things that like how they actually impact someone yeah. And, you know, we have have had many guests on that have kind of shared the same thing about, you know, Jackie helping them with certain things or I'm helping them with certain things. And I, like, I think it's just that giving back and that pulling folks along behind you to bring them up as well. It's just it's huge. So, Leah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and thank for you. those of you. Uh, for those of you who do not know Leah's uh, jewelry, go out to leahvalenciakey.com uh, and buy some of her beautiful, amazing jewelry. Um, and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. Bye. 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 <laughs>
The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.